title of the sermon this afternoon is My Only Hope, My Only Hope. Mm -hmm. Amen. And before I go into the word, I'm going to mention some things that are happening in the world today that are quite relevant to this word that I'm going to read. On the 15th of September 2021, celebrity rap star Nicki Minaj, who has over 22 million followers on Twitter, tweeted that she would not take the vaccine just to attend the Met Gala in America. She said that she won't be forced to take the vaccine. And she also said that she will be ready to take it once she's happy and has done her research. She followed up her tweet with another tweet where she gave an example of a side effect of taking the vaccine when she mentioned her cousin's friend's testicles. And I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about. What was interesting was that Nicki Minaj is a celebrity rap star who tweets 24-7. And very, very rarely does she get mentioned or responses from political heads of government. But in, in this instance, the whole mainstream media doubled down on Nicki Minaj. Mm -hmm. Whilst on Sky News, Professor Chris Whitty, the chief medical officer who reports to the UK government, was asked a question about Nicki Minaj. <laughs> so whilst he was at the podium, he was asked this. Professor Whitty, one of the world's biggest female celebrities, Nicki Minaj has publicly linked the coronavirus vaccine to impotence. Now she has got, well, he said 8 million, but it's 22 million followers on Twitter. Many of them are young people. The young people you are suggesting should get vaccinated. What would you say to them? And how concerned are you by public comments like that from public figures? Professor Chris Whitty replied to the Sky News reporter, there are a group of people who have got strange beliefs, and that's fine. And they make their own choices, however strange, which is also fine. But there are also people going around trying to discourage other people. And many of those people know that they are peddling on truths. This was Professor Chris Whitty's response to the Sky News reporter asking him on his response to Nicki Minaj's tweets. It's quite interesting to see that Professor Chris Whitty encapsulates the whole 
of Nicki Minaj's tweets and her feelings of hesitancy as an untruth. He mentions the word untruth. In the same instance, during this period, in, a, in the United States of America, yeah, Dr. Fauci was asked a similar question. This is the same Dr. Fauci who has been in front of Congress where it was shown that his department was funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who don't know, gain-of-function research is where they were taking viruses and diseases from the animal kingdom or the, from animals like bats and transferring them to human beings. Mm. It was from the same Wuhan laboratory where COVID broke out from. Mm -hmm. If you, For those of you who can remember, that was where the whole pandemic started, was in Wuhan. And when it initially started in Wuhan, the media blamed it on the local Chinese people in the marketplace for eating animals, bats, in their soups. Knowing full well that it was in from the laboratories, a man-made virus had been created and is now spread and is now changing and metamorphosizing into different viruses around the world. For those of you who don't know, there have always been different COVID viruses. There have always been different ones. They just tell you that there was just alpha alpha one now, and then when it suits them, they'll tell you it's called Delta tomorrow. But what was interesting was the same Dr. Fauci, who is at the epicenter of all of this in America, his response about Nicki Minaj's tweet was that he said that Nicki Minaj was irresponsible and that there is no evidence that the vaccine affects fertility. There have been many media platforms in America that have responded, especially to Dr. Fauci, knowing the hypocrisy of his position. Mm -hmm. And many have come out and have confirmed that there were many claims made about the side effects of the vaccine that were immediately refuted by the governments and mainstream media as untruths in 2019 and 2020, which now have been accepted as true. For example, one, that vaccines can cause heart inflammation. Countless videos on YouTube, Twitter, and other platforms were taken down and labelled as misinformation by the social media platform gurus. Mm. But now, year, a year or a few months later, the indisputable proof of hundreds of thousands of people suffering from this side effect has forced the FDA in America mm. 
to now change its information and to include a warning on their website that taking the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine can give you heart information. This was information that they were originally saying is impossible. The vaccine, the word they like to say, is safe. Now, in America, hundreds, a hundred thousand women, a hundred thousand women in America have been lobbying their GPs when they have now noticed serious side effects to their menstrual cycles since taking the vaccine. These, the, the concerns of these women were ignored or labelled as misinformation or as an untruth. Remember those words. Because anyone that questions anything of what these governments are doing, they just label you as a conspiracy theorist or as an untruth you're spreading or it's misinformation. Even though right now the NIH, which is the European equivalent of the to the FDA in America, is currently researching the the side effects on women's menstrual cycles who have taken this vaccine. And any day now they're about to publish their findings, which everybody believes again they're going to put it now have to put it out as a warning to women that it could affect their menstrual cycle, it could affect their fertility. These were things, if you can remember, when um, last year they said children wouldn't need it, Mm -hmm. they said pregnant women couldn't take it. Look, even a paracetamol, they're telling the chemist a pregnant woman can't take. But this thing that hasn't been properly tested, they want women to take. Mm-hmm. Hmm? You cannot believe anything in the media anymore. Gone are those days, children of God, when you hear things told to you from those in positions of authority and you just accept it as true and you just follow it and go with what they are telling you. Those days are now gone, children of God. Hmm? Those days have now gone. All we are hearing from the media is lies upon lies upon lies. And anyone that comes out and questions what's going on, they label you a conspiracy theorist. They label it as untruths. They label you, yeah, as as a danger to everybody else. Knowing full well that behind the scenes, people in their homes who no one is considering are suffering diverse side effects through this thing. And we also know that there are people who are taking this thing and they are actually dying. Mm -hmm. There are certain people, maybe because they have 
pre-existing conditions or whatsoever, but people around the world have taken this and have died within weeks of taking it. But they don't they won't recognize it. Revelation 16 verse 13 talks about in these days, these these days when right now we are experiencing the hunger pains. This is just the beginning what we are experiencing and seeing. Sister Tracy was encouraging and exhorting the saints. This is the time when your walk with God is the most important thing you actually have. Because if you're not drawn close to God, if you're not drawn close to God, you can not only become weak as a saint, but you will be susceptible to their lies. Hmm? Everything they're saying is lies. And that's what brings me to the word for today from Romans chapter 1. This epistle that Paul wrote to the, to the Christians that were in Rome. Hmm? He wrote this epistle to the Christians that were in Rome. Now we're going to I'm going to read from Romans 1 verses 22 to 32. I asked brother Chris just to read 28 to 32, but I'm going to read from verses 22 to 32. And it begins. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Amen. For this cause, for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is un unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, 
malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Paul was writing this epistle to a church that was under persecution. When Paul wrote these letters to those in Rome, they couldn't gather together. They couldn't meet together. They couldn't stand out and say, this is what they believe. If they did, they would be killed. They would be tortured. That was the reality of the church for the church in Rome when Paul wrote these words. And Paul was here talking to the church and, and explaining to the church that these people <clears throat> who stand before you as judge and jury who have denied God, they all themselves shall be judged. Hallelujah. In fact, Paul confirms that all of us shall be judged. Because in Romans 3 verse 10, he says, There is none that is righteous, no, not one. But he says here in his text to the church, he says there are people who profess themselves to be wise, but they have become fools before God. He has said to the church, there are people who have changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image that is made like to a corruptible man, to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. So he says, God now has given them over to uncleanliness because of the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. <clears throat> so what starts in the mind? What starts as a thought? What starts as a belief affects the body? God said he will give them over to the uncleanliness through the loss of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So what he said, Paul is saying here is that once a man or a woman 
believes that there is no consequence to what they do. There is no God to answer to. There is no judgment for me. There is no right or wrong. When a man or a woman can be put in a position where there is nothing that they would make a stand for, then that means that man or that woman will lie down for anything. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. There has to be, as Barack Obama mentioned years ago, when he was talking about Iraq and Syria, he said, this is my red line. There has to be a red line where a Christian has to say, I am not going beyond this point. I don't care what they say. I am not going beyond this point. There has to be a red line. Otherwise, the Christian will be just like these people here. Hmm? Giving up themselves to their own lusts. That means their desires, the things they want. And we all want roof over our head. We all want a nice car. We all want and desire these things. And these are good things to want. But there has to be a line because what the enemy will do is say, if you don't do this for me, I'm going to take away this thing that you want. And if you don't have a red line, you will bow to the enemy. You will bow to them. As while Paul was speaking to this church in Rome, remember Rome at that time, this was the main city. You had men like Caesar who would elevate themselves as God. They made statues and called it Caesar the, the God. Yeah? They would tell people you had to worship their moon gods, their lunar gods, their sun gods, if you wanted to get by in Roman society. And Paul was writing to the church during those days. <clears throat> and he's, this, he's painting a picture to them of the type of person, how a person can become so distorted as a human being just by leaving the thought of a, that there is a God and that I answer to him to thinking I answer only to myself. He said in verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. That means this person in their heart, they worship the cre- anything that's created more than God. That's why you have to have a red line as a child of God. We have to have a red line. That place, that position in our mind where we say, beyond this, I am not going to accept it. Whatever they say, I must do. Hmm? He said that they would change the truth of God into a lie. You know that there are churches in the Caribbean. There are churches in America 
and I don't know yet if there are any in the UK that are saying to their members, if you're not vaccinated, don't come to church. <laughs> this is happening now in the real time. There are those who now are accepting what the governments of, the, of their territory say as the truth. And what God says in his word is the lie. What God is saying in his word has become a lie to them. And what the, <clears throat> these governments are saying is what they accept as the truth. Lord have mercy. Because they worship the creation more than the creator. Verse 26 says that for this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Hence what God said, the women will become lesbians or bisexual. <clears throat> Things their women would never do before they find themselves doing. Hmm? God would give them over to it. It's a spiritual thing. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was me. And I'm saying it's good. So God is showing that the things that God has said is false and evil suddenly becomes right and true with these with these governments. Hmm? I saw another tweet today with findings from some research that was done in the LGBTQ community, if they want to, if I use their term, where they were using what they call puberty blockers on children in school. Now, the argument is this. Does a child at 10 years old or 8 years old really know what they, what they feel? Or is it the adult? Or is it their parents that should be given the decision as to whether the child should put themselves and undertake life-changing decisions from the age of eight or even younger in this country? And this is going on around the world. This is where, in Romans 1, where Paul is talking about changing the, the truth of God into a lie and the lie of Satan has become the truth hmm? <clears throat> and people are accepting these things and people have become so selfish in their thinking that they believe well as long as it doesn't affect me let them get on with it but I'm, I'm telling you the truth what they are starting there will one day come right to your door. It will come to your very home. Because how long can people put up and ignore what's going on? 
God says, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God will give them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So when their mind and their heart is made up, when their eyes is wide open, and those in those positions and authority know the principalities and powers that they serve. Mm-hmm. God said he's going to give them over to their reprobate mind mm-hmm. to do things that is not convenient. Mm-hmm. Things like bestiality. Mm-hmm. Things like sleeping with children. Things like raping children. Or anything goes with certain of these people. That is a reprobate mind. A reprobate is basically someone who has no principles whatsoever. No principles whatsoever. Anything goes to a reprobate mind. You remember when we heard all the news and furrah about Harvey Weinstein, um, Brian Epstein, Prince Andrew, and all these other big celebrities, and all of these people in power, and all these people around the world getting involved with their wickedness. Hmm? It is a reprobate mind. A shallow Christian who is not in the presence of God and his holy word would look on these people when they have their Met galas and they wear their nice dresses and they wear their suits and tie and think they are nice people and would take it at face value and join in with these people and accept what these people have said is the truth is the truth and what God has said is the truth suddenly becomes a lie or an extreme or a conspiracy or, as Dr. Fauci called it, an untruth. The same man who engineered the financing, the personnel, the the research laboratory to do gain-of-function research in Wuhan, in China, with Chinese and British scientists. Britain is not out of it. The same man is that, that lied day in and day out when he was <clears throat> being asked questions by the Senate in America about his emails proving that he was funding everything and he knew what was going on and they knew the risk, but they persevered to engineer and create a virus yeah, that could kill people and, and that would that would be... They're just looking for the most most potent virus that they could f- create. Hmm? You're, not, you're not telling me that that's not wickedness? Hmm? And then little Nicki Minaj, in a simple way, she just puts out one tweet, and a whole lot of them coming down on her simply because they know she has 22 million followers on Twitter and millions of followers on Instagram 
and TikTok and all these other platforms. And they don't want people to start to question their lies. Hallelujah. When Paul wrote to this young church in Rome, and he talks about these people who have, do not like to retain God in their knowledge, and God <clears throat> gives them over to a reprobate mind yeah. to do things which is not convenient. They become filled with unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, coviciousness, maliciousness, full of envy. Hmm? Full of envy. When they see a child of God praising God, they are envious. They are full of envy. There's nothing that gives them greater pleasure than these corrupt ministers and bishops who have listened to their lies and say to the congregation, take this thing. Mm. They are filled with murder. Mm? Millions of people around the world are dead. And to this day, every single one of them, France knows, Britain knows, Germany knows, Australia knows, Canada knows, Jamaica knows, China knows. They all know the root of everything. But they're playing as if they don't know. To fool people that taking this thing that they themselves have now created, called the vaccine, is, is the answer. Knowing full well that it doesn't stop you getting it and it doesn't stop you transmitting it. So then what is it for? And in the same Israel, Israel again seems to be always a few weeks or months ahead of the curve. In Israel, it came out yesterday that they have submitted um, a bill to their, to their government. This is the medical people in Israel. Guess what they want to do? That's put this vaccine from six months old. If you don't believe me, Google it. Hmm? Six months old babies, they want to put this thing in, in Israel. Oh, now. Hmm? You can't see the word of God is true, that their minds become reprobate. <clears throat> the babies who were supposed to care for to look over, yeah? they want to put something like this where they know it's causing infertility problems of women all over the world, something like this, which is causing serious side effects, life-changing side effects for some people all over the world, and they want to put it again in six-month-old babies in Israel. You can't see that there, that there is something going on beyond what they are telling us. And Paul was faced with a similar situation with the church. The church in Rome, when he wrote this epistle, was under severe persecution. You dare come out on the street corner and have a placard and say you believe Jesus Christ is Lord. And they'll put you in prison. they put you in chains. You lose your livelihood. Because 
everything they wanted to do was them for themselves. Mm-hmm. They become, he says, they become filled with murder and debate, deceit, deceit, mm-hmm. malignity, whisperers, mm-hmm. backbiters, mm-hmm. haters mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. Haters of God. Mm-hmm. It grieves me today when the the lead, the church leaders don't are not even saying turn to God saints, pray to God. They're saying they're inviting scientists to talk to their congregation and to just to tell the congregation it's safe. Just that word, it's safe. You accept it, huh? He says in the word, he says they become backbiters and haters of God, despiteful and proud, boasters. Hmm? Inventors of evil things. Hmm? Inventors of evil things. Things to harm people. Disobedient to parents. Hmm? The laws are changing. When it comes to these things, anything evil, LGBTQ, vaccine, the child has the right over the parent. You notice that in the law. Huh? Mm. But if your child wants to go and smoke cigarette, if your child wants to go and get a tattoo, if your child wants to go and do drugs, you have the right as a parent, if, as far as the law is concerned, to stop that child. Mm. But if your child turns around and because of they got some wokish left-wing teacher that's telling them foolishness at school, the child comes and says to you they want to change from a boy to a girl or vice versa. They're saying that the child has the right over you now in this country. And it's going to go to the Supreme Court. It's going to go to the Supreme Court now because the first court ruled against it. And the second court that made their judgment this week overturned it, so now they're only going to go to the Supreme Court in this country to finally settle it. Who has the right in terms of puberty blockers? Who has the right in terms of a child choosing what they want to be? Mm? This is the age that we are living in. Paul said that they are without understanding, that they are covenant breakers. What they say to you today, they break it tomorrow without natural affection, implacable and unmerciful, <clears throat> knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. And this is what they want to blind Christians with today. They want a Christian to base their decision on the physical reality that's right up in your face. The physical reality that's right up in your face is, how am I going to pay my building? The physical reality that's right up in your face is, how am I going to go and do my shopping then, if I don't do this? Yeah? But God wants the children of God to understand that those who are putting these things in place, those who are changing laws and times, 
those who are bringing different judgments, those who are haters of God, they have an agenda, and you have to remind yourself about these people who are coming with <clears throat> that message to you. Mm -hmm. Hmm? He said, they are who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. They know that by doing these things, it's going to mean death, eternal death. Not the physical first death, but the eternal death, separation in, the, in fire, away from God, with the dragon and the beast, and the false prophets, and the, the principalities and powers, all in the lake of fire for an eternity. That is the judgment of God. These people know the judgment of God, but they want to drug, draw as many humans with them into their death. And what's ironic that Paul says that even though they commit these, they that commit these, commit these things, uh, they know they are worthy of God's judgment and death. But not only do they do the same, but they have pleasure in them that do mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Yeah? They celebrate them that do them. Mm -hmm. They celebrate. They elevate those that do these things. Mm -hmm. Hmm? Hallelujah. Glory Praise to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Paul wanted the church to understand the nature of the people that was pressuring them to give in and to turn their backs on God. He wanted them to understand what you're dealing with. We are in the supernatural realm. Really, this is what these people are like. This is when their masks are off. Yeah, this is when they're in their secret meetings. This is when they go to their secret islands and they do their secret things. Mm -hmm. Paul wanted the, the the church to know the nature of these people who hate God and have a reprobate mind, mm -hmm. and that to listen to these people. To take on board what these people say as the truth is a dangerous and wicked thing to do. Hmm? That's what Paul was saying. The prophet Isaiah, and for those of you who might think this is a bit extreme or it's a bit hard, you know, you need to read your Bibles more. Yeah? Because you will see throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament there has always been that battle between light and dark mm -hmm. between truth and lie between yes. God and the devil There's, that battle has always been over souls mm -hmm. the souls of men yeah? mm -hmm. Isaiah hundreds of years before Christ the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 60 arise and shine when he was talking to Israel. He says, Arise and shine, 
for your light has come. Mm-hmm. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Hallelujah. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. Hallelujah. But the Lord shall arise upon ye, and his glory shall be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Hallelujah. Praise God. So even back those days Isaiah could see in the supernatural realm that there was a darkness over the earth and a gross darkness on the people. Now that wasn't literal. That wasn't literal. Isaiah was given a vision by God to look out, to see in the supernatural what the state of the nation and the state of the people really is at. And when he saw it, he saw only Christ. Only Christ was the light that come. Hmm? He said, behold, the, the, the light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Praise God. Amen. And he saw the darkness that was on the earth. And it's really in telling that the darkness on the people, Isaiah described as gross darkness. Mm-hmm. That's like a darkness that's so dark you can't even, you don't even have no shape. You can't even decipher it. You can't even perceive it. It is a gross darkness. And this gross darkness is on the people. And I believe this was what Paul is referring to here in Romans chapter 1, when Paul is talking about haters of God, filled with unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, and whisperers, backbiters, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, Covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable and unmerciful. Now, if that isn't gross darkness, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. And the gross darkness is on the people. Mm-hmm. But in the natural realm, things would look normal. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. In the natural realm, you would see them driving around in their car. In the suit, the this, the that, doing and talking and looking important in the natural realm. But in the supernatural realm, they are in gross darkness. Amen? Amen. Amen. And God gave them up. God, he says in, in this sequence of passages of scripture I've read, God gave them up in three areas. God, in verses 24 and 25, God gives them up to uncleanliness and all of its consequences. In verses 26 and 27, God gives them over to all forms of sexual depravity and its consequences. And verses 28 to 32, 
God gave them over to a mind that mm. could no longer retain him in its knowledge mm. and its consequences. Oh, God. Mm? God gave them over to what their heart is truly desired. Mm. To be without God, to do the most despicable things, to do whatever it is that they want. God gave them over. But Paul, you know, Paul is encouraging the church in this Romans here, in the book of Romans. He's encouraging them that their only hope is in Jesus. Amen. And that was the title of the sermon today. My Amen. only hope is in Jesus. Oh, yes. Amen. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. My Hallelujah. only hope is yes. in, Jesus. in Jesus. My hope isn't in Professor Witty. Mm-hmm. No. And my hope is not in Dr. Fauci neither. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My hope definitely is not in Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. My hope is in Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. My hope is in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. That's who I have my hope in. That's who I have my trust in. Hallelujah. There's a song, there's a song the old church used to say, my hope is built on nothing less. Hallelujah. It says, my hope is built on nothing less. Than Jesus' blood blood. and righteousness. Hallelujah. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Hallelujah. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Glory be to God. All other ground is sinking sand, children of God. Hallelujah. You need to build up that faith in in God. And at these times, Sister Tracy is encouraging us with a word of admonition and a word of exhortation in her testimony. Where she's encouraging us to this is the time where you need to, to take out quality time with the Lord. Amen. Because if you rely on your head knowledge, if you rely on your talent, if you rely on your youthful looks and your health, it's only going to take you so far. You need to lean on his sweet, on the sweetest frame. Do not trust in the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise be to God. God knew this time was coming. Hallelujah. He knew this time was coming. And I remember when I was um, a young Christian, I think, I'm not sure if I was, uh, I think I just was married to my wife. And we lived together in a little bed sit in Forest Gate, my wife and I. And we lived together in a little bit. This is like 20 years ago. And I'll never forget. I, I went to sleep one night. And, and I had a dream. And God spoke to me in the dream. And he said to me, I want you 
to go to church and never stop. Amen. That's what he said to me. I want you to go to church and never stop. And I got up and I said to my wife, Sister Janelle, I said to her, I had a, a strange dream, you know, and I told her what it was. And she said to me, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to go to church. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And what I did, right around the corner from from um, our house where we were staying, was this small kind of uh, Methodist church it was on Woodgrange Road. It's no longer there. They've knocked it down. But it was a Methodist church. And so I got up that Sunday morning and I walked into the Methodist church wearing my jeans and T-shirt and trainers. And I, everyone looked at me when I walked in. <laughs> they were all staring at me like, who is this guy? What's he wanting here? And I went in and I sat down at the back and I listened to the, the sermon and I listened to songs. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't understand what, what they were talking about. I just sat in there. I didn't understand what they were talking about, what they were singing about. Obviously, it's the church and they're talking about Christ. And at the end of the service, I got up and I left. I did that for three months, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. I went there to this simple Methodist church. I did that for three months. And one other note, in all the times I went there, not once did anyone greet me, not once Mm -hmm. did anyone ask me, what is my name? Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I, I was a young, you know, a young black guy. I may have looked street, like a street boy. I just wearing jeans and trainers. I wasn't suit. I wasn't wearing a suit, and I just went in and I sat down, and they, and they just were just they let me just allowed me <laughs> to sit down in there, but no one spoke to me, no one mm-hmm. said a word to me, and I, at the end of the service, I would get up from that Methodist church, and I walked out. But the reason why I'm, sharing, I'm led to share that now is because every single one of us, God has called you for a time as this. Amen. God knew that these times would be upon us. Yeah, God knew that these times were was 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 coming, mm-hmm. and He has been calling and reaching and calling people all over the world and some of us have ignored his calling and some heard the calling and and answered the call. I believe everyone on the line today God had called you in your own way for a time as this. Amen. God has looked on you and amongst all others and you are important enough to him for him to call you, for him to draw you. You are not a child of God by accident. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. You're not a child of God just by haphazard, you know, things. Yeah? God has called you. He's called you, and you believed, and you answered his call. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Praise God. And, you know, it was when, when um, finally, I think months and months after, the same Sister Johnson heard from my wife that I've been going church. And my wife, when she talks about it now, she says that she thought I was going mad back then. 
she thought I was going mad because she knows the type of guy that I was. Remember, I was ex-army. I was rough and tough. I was really uncouth. I was really, you know, I was out there and doing, you know, getting, just doing what I'm doing. And anything come to me that I, that on the street that wasn't good or I didn't like, I dealt with it and I was really rough and tough. And to suddenly see me, she saw me every Sunday without fail, I went to church. That same Methodist church where no one greeted me where no one welcomed me, where no one even asked me my name. Yeah? For months, I went there and I sat down. And then Sister Johnson heard from Sister Janelle that this is what I was doing. So Sister Johnson, being Sister Johnson, she jumped on it. And she called me and she invited me to her church in Edmonton. And it just so happened to be the month of evangelism, yeah, in 2002, and which was in the month of March. And I went to the church and I sat down in, the, in amongst the congregation. And this is why, you know, as Christians, it's important how we deal with the unsaved. Because yeah. <clears throat> when I went to Edmonton, I got a warm greeting. Amen. Yeah, I went to Edmonton, I got a warm greeting. People would shook, shook my hand, asked me my name, this, that, made, gave me a seat, and I sat down and everything like that. And people were looking at, at least I was acknowledged. I wasn't looking for it, but it, it was a different experience from the, meth, from the coldness of the mm. Methodist church. Total yeah. different experience. And I sat down, and then the preacher came, and because it was the month of evangelism, he was just preaching about Christ crucified. And he was preaching and he shared his testimony. And it was, to me, it was as if he was pre he preached to me yesterday. I remember it verbatim, mm -hmm. the words he said. And I just felt a conviction in my soul whilst I was there. I just felt in my mind, God said to me, I want you to give your life to me now. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. And all of my resistance, all of my um, sin, all of my machismo, all of my hardness, to say, I'm a man, and my heart is hard, and all of this, my heart melted like, and run like running water. And I'll never forget, the preacher said, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and that he died, and that he rose from the grave for your sins? Hallelujah. I'll never forget the preacher asked that question, those questions from the pulpit. And even as they was just about to give the altar call, I was already up at the altar. And I was glorifying God. And I was praising God. No one needed to encourage me. I was just praising God. Because I knew then I was born again. Hallelujah. That I would never be the same. Hallelujah. That God who's taken me from such a mighty long way, has saved me for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. And, the re you know, the Holy Spirit, he's so good that he's reminding me of where God has taken me from. And sometimes, children of God, that might just be what keeps you sane. That might just be what keeps you from error. 
that might just be that keeps you from selling your soul. Hallelujah. It's just to remember who God is and where he has taken you from. Hallelujah. He is Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. He will provide for you. He will provide for you when his prophets had to run from the towns and the city. God sent ravens, hallelujah, to feed them meat. Mm -hmm. God provided water in the brook. I'm not saying that you're going to be literally, we're going to be literally drinking water from a brook. But what I'm saying to your children of God, the same God of yesterday, today, and forever is the same God that will provide for you. Hallelujah. He's provided for you thus so far because you mean you are important to him. He knows every hair on your head. He knows your needs. He hears your cries when on the matters that mean a lot to you. When you cry on your pillow at night and, he not, and you don't even speak certain things to your closest friends of what you're going through. Jesus knows it all. Hallelujah. And he is my only hope. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. He is my only hope. Hallelujah. The word in Romans says that once you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Hallelujah. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hallelujah. Children of God, remember that you are saved. Hallelujah. You are saved. Hallelujah. You are separated from them. You are sanctified. Hallelujah. You are blessed. Hallelujah. You are declared righteous before the Lord. Praise be to God. Glory to his name. You are saved. Hallelujah. You're not a backbiter. You're not a hater of God. You're not a boaster or an inventor of evil things. You are not a covenant breaker. You are not implacable. You are not deceitful. You are not a murderer. You are not filled with fornication and wickedness. You are saved. Praise God. Praise God. You are saved. Hallelujah. And some things your colleagues at work might say they do and will accept. You cannot do and accept. And you need to face that fact. There are some things, even in our own families, we'll see brothers and sisters going off and doing this and doing that. Once you know you're saved, you can't do that. You can't join them in them things. Because people who are unsaved can be all of these things that Paul wrote about in Romans 1. Mm-hmm. It means nothing to them. They don't have a conscience about these That's things. Right. Yeah, right. They don't have a conscience. They believe that when they die, that's it. It's as if you're fast asleep. Nothing. A lot of them. That's what they believe. So what the heck? What the heck? Just do it and get on with it. That's their mentality. But you are a child of God who God has taken out of your sin and your filthy rags. And he has dressed you and made you brand new, born again. Hallelujah. Child of God. Hallelujah. A peculiar people. 
Hallelujah. Praise be to God. God has called you. That's why right now in these times, I, I'm saying to you, he is my only hope. And I hope that he is your only hope. He needs to be your only hope in these last of the last days. And with those words, I close the sermon. And God bless you all. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.